Hi again, everybody. I'm Dan Horde, and thanks for downloading the Bengals Booth Podcast, The Glory Days Edition, as I visit with the two newest members of the Bengals Ring of Honor, wide receiver Isaac Curtis and offensive lineman Willie Anderson. The Bengals Booth Podcast is presented by Ultimate Bengals. Download Ultimate Bengals ahead of the 2022 season. It's free-to-play next-level fantasy football with fantastic Bengals prizes. Get it now on the App Store and Google Play. And here's a quick reminder that you can have the latest edition of this podcast delivered right to your phone, tablet, or computer by subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. It's the greatest thing since crampons. I'm back to work after a family vacation that included a five-day trip to Iceland. It was awesome with the notable exception of tasting fermented shark. Let me put it this way. The worst thing you have ever eaten is scrumptious in comparison. In any case, one of our activities in Iceland was hiking a glacier, which required us to wear crampons. You can probably picture them. They are basically pointy spikes that attach to the bottom of your hiking boots. Well, I am here to tell you that they are remarkably effective no matter how slick or slippery the ice. So, in conclusion, if you visit Iceland, use the crampons and skip the shark. Now, time to hear from the two players that you have selected to join Paul Brown, Anthony Munoz, Ken Anderson, and Ken Riley in the Bengals' Ring of Honor. Isaac Curtis was the Bengals' first-round draft pick in 1973 and spent his entire 12-year NFL career in Cincinnati. He was a four-time Pro Bowler and still holds the franchise record for career average yards per catch at 17.1. His world-class speed was a big reason why the NFL changed its rules. Chad Johnson used the nickname Ocho Cinco, but Isaac Curtis was the Bengals' first great number 85. Isaac, let me start by congratulating you on becoming the first wide receiver in the Bengals' ring of honor. I know that you are in the San Diego State Athletic Hall of Fame. I know you're in the Orange County Sports Hall of Fame. I imagine there are others as well. What does this particular honor mean to you? It's probably the most uh, prestigious. That It means the most to me than anything. I mean, to, you know, I, you th- I think when you grow up, you know, my you inspire, you play football in high school and college, and and you look to, to get into the NFL. You know, and so, I mean, this was a goal and uh, and to have, uh, you know, to be honored to, to be in the Bengals ring of honor. It's, uh, you know, it's a, it's the best thing, uh, best honor that I think that I have received in a uh, in sports. You were chosen by the fans. There were 15 former Bengals on the ballot, including some more recent stars like Chad Johnson and Boomer Esiason. Is it nice to know that the fans remember how great you were, even though it's been more than three decades since you played? Yeah, I think so. That's that's what's really surprising because it has been a long time since I've played, and I'm I'm sure there's a whole new generation of fans that are in the stadium that maybe did not have the opportunity, you know, to see myself and some of the uh, guys that played in the early, early, uh, early seventies. But uh, so uh, yeah, I was I was. Uh, it's it's really great to to have uh, been selected and to have the fans that uh, that still remembered me enough of them still remembered me at, at, that they voted for me. So. Uh, I certainly appreciate that. And uh, like I say, I, we have some great fans. I've always appreciated them. And, and uh, certainly this is certainly a way that they showed that they certainly appreciate uh, my time in Cincinnati. 
I think I can hear a little surprise in your voice. Is that accurate? To be selected, uh, the first receiver selected kind of kind of surprised me a little bit because I just thought that, you know, there's uh, the generation, the, kids, the people that are in the stands now, there's a, a whole new generation, you know, and they probably forgot uh, some of us, uh, some of us older guys. <laughs> I, I, guess thought, I thought maybe I was thinking maybe they ought to have a senior committee so they so that they don't forget about some of us guys. <laughs> it wasn't necessary. Our guest <laughs> is Ring of Honor inductee Isaac Curtis. You join your primary former quarterback Ken Anderson in the Ring of Honor. How quickly did you two guys click, and why was it such a potent combination for so many years? Well, I, I think uh, we clicked. We did a lot of work. Um, well, I had to do a lot of work. Being a young wide receiver and actually only playing wide receiver one one year in college before coming to Cincinnati. So uh, it took a lot of work. We put a lot of time on the field to work on our timing, and I put a lot of study time in um, and just listening and watching uh, Kenny. And, and I had some really some good uh, veteran wide receivers that were there that, that really helped me, Charlie Joyner, Chip Myers, you know, that I really, that I really learned how to uh, really learn how to study and really learn how to pre prepare for that position. And, uh, and like I say, we just put a lot of time in with, uh, with Kenny and, and Kenny just being an excellent quarterback. His timing was good. It didn't take long for us to get in, uh, get, catch our stride. I think probably about the third or fourth game or fourth week or uh, fifth week of the season, I think we finally caught our stride and, and, uh, you know, we, we had confidence in each other and he finally realized that I, I was going to be where I was supposed to be. <laughs> you spent 12 years in the NFL, all of them in Cincinnati. You were part of the Bengals first Super Bowl team in 81. What do you cherish most about those dozen years with the Bengals? I, I would have to say the uh, that 81 season, you know, I think all, everybody that uh, that plays in this league, you know, inspires or, or would love to play in a Super Bowl. And that was just such a magical season. I, I think everything from the players that we had, uh, we just had such good chemistry. You know, we got along with each other well. We've had fun together on the field and off the field. And then having the opportunity to, to, to go and play in a Super Bowl. Um, that was, that was, it was just a magical season. And, uh, I, I, that I'll always remember that, but, uh, like I say, it was just the chemistry in that whole year and that whole season, the players, the type of players, uh, that we had, we had a lot of, uh, you know, young guys and, uh, that, that blended in with, uh, with some of the old veterans that were there. And, uh, it was just, uh, it was just a good, uh, it was a good team. Did last year's Super Bowl team remind you of that? They did. They did. They uh, they had some they have some great young players, you know, and they got some steady, uh, steady uh, veterans uh, there. But, uh, you know, you got a great, you know, uh, great quarterback. I mean, Joe Burrows is out, just outstanding. You know, and you got great wide receivers. You got a great running game and uh, you, got a, you had a defense that was, uh, was pretty really feisty. You know, um, they they do remind me of our uh, our 81 uh, uh, Super Bowl team. You know, uh, they're young and I think they're going to be good for a while. Your first head coach was Paul Brown. Your first offensive coordinator was Bill Walsh, although I don't think he had the title back then. But what do you respect about each of those guys and how big of an impact did they have on your success? You know, I respect both of them tremendously. I think Paul Brown, it was just the business. You know, it was a, uh, you know, that you really understood you know, your job is to really understand this game and understand your business. And this is a business and you need to, you know, you, 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 there's a way to go about it. 
you know, and uh, and with uh, Bill Walsh, I mean, he was just such a tremendous offensive mind uh, as well. I mean, he was just, uh, you know, you can come in at halftime, you put a game plan together, you come in at halftime, he'll look at you and say that they do this, they do this, we're going to make the changes, he'll make it all, the, all the adjustments that you want to make. But just a, a great, uh, great offensive mind, imagination. You know, they were they were both just tremendous uh, coaches, geniuses in their own in their own right. Isaac, as you mentioned, you were only a wide receiver for one year in college at San Diego State. You had played running back and uh, run track at Cal prior to that. Do you think you could have had a long and successful NFL career as a running back? I do not. I do not. I think I may have had a career, but I think eventually I would have been moved to wide receiver. You know, I was a, uh, I was kind of a, a long, lanky kind of a running back, um, you know, a nine, three sprinter. So I had, I had outside speed. It was not, it was not to be in the, uh, in the backfield. And uh, one of the reasons I, I transferred to, uh, to San Diego State when I had that opportunity was, um, you know, I kind of felt that, Wide receiver was my position, and so when I when I looked at uh, going over to San Diego State with Don Creel there, um, I was going to be moved to a uh, to a wide receiver, and I was uh, and I thought that was a more natural position for me. So I always say that was the best move I ever made. What about track? Had you concentrated on track, do you think you would have won a medal in '72 in the 100 meters? I think that I certainly would have had an opportunity to uh, to win a medal. I think I would have had an opportunity to to make that uh, to make that that track team, the Olympic team. Um, you know, I was running well that year, but that was the year that I transferred from from Cal to San Diego State. So, and it was my senior year, and I was changing positions from you know from running back to wide receiver. So, if I made the uh, if I made the team. I would have missed the first part of the football season. And uh, I was a football player first, you know, I love track, but I was a football player first. And, uh, and I, you know, that's one thing I wish I could have done and it would have worked out because I love track and I would have loved to have that opportunity to run for the, uh, you know, the run for the U S uh, represent the U S in the, uh, in the Olympics in Munich that year. Of course, uh, we had some issues, uh, even our track team that, that year. Uh, with the uh, with their starting time, uh, our, our our sprinters missed the uh, missed the prelims. Right, and only one American ultimately was in the final for the uh, 100 meters that year, and and he won the silver medal. Isaac, part of your legacy is the Isaac Curtis rule. Uh, following your rookie year, the NFL changed the rules. Paul Brown helped uh, make that change, where defensive backs were only allowed to bump you in the first five yards. After that. What was it like to play wide receiver before that rule was passed? Well, I'll tell you what, it was, it was a lot of work, <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it was a, it was a battle getting up and down the field because uh, you know, it was kind of open game. I mean, uh, cornerbacks can come up, they can bump you, they can bump you up and down the field. Uh, I would, I got cut. I would get cut every now and then, every now and then a corner would, would roll, would come up on you. And then uh, outside linebacker would come and try to cut your leg from under you or a corner would roll up and just cut you, you know, and as long as the ball wasn't in the air, they can, they can do whatever they want. And so you, you really battled uh, getting up and down the field. You know, I, I never really complained about it because that back then, that's just the way the game was played, you know, and that's, uh, and, and it was the same for everyone, but uh, you know, it, it certainly opened up the game and, and what it's done uh, to the game today. It's certainly a, a passing league and, uh, 
it's it's tough to to cover some of these wide receivers. Uh, you know, when you can only bump them um, five with five yards off of the off the line of scrimmage. These guys are big and fast and talented, and uh, but it's an exciting game. But it was a uh, it was a good road change. I, I I was all for it. You helped make professional football a much more entertaining game. That's the bottom line with the Isaac Curtis rule. Well, it's op- it opened it up. It certainly opened it up. Yeah, I, I, I teased uh, a couple of guys uh, in the past about that. You know, I said, well, you know, the, it's such it's you know, the game is open. I mean, you guys ought to give me a percentage of what you're getting now. <laughs> no, but you uh, say like it was enjoyable when I played, but uh, it was uh, it certainly opened the game up and uh, made it made it uh, made it fun, made it fun. Isaac, I think you can make the case that the Bengals have had more great players at wide receiver than any other position. As I mentioned, Mike has told me on several occasions he considers you to be the best, but there are other great ones like your former teammate Chris Collinsworth, Chad Johnson, A.J. Green, now Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. It's quite an impressive list. Who do you consider to be the best guys? I'll allow you to remain modest and not include yourself on the list, but of the others, who did you enjoy watching the most? Or do you enjoy watching the most? I enjoy watching this whole crew, but uh, Jamar Chase, I really, I really, I mean, he's so exciting, you know, and so explosive. And uh, but, but all uh, Higgins, all those guys are fantastic receivers, you know, uh, really, really top receivers. But uh, but uh, uh, Chase is probably is probably uh, my 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 favorite. He's the one that I really enjoy watching. He's so he's such exciting player. When he scores a touchdown, he does the gritty dance. When you scored a touchdown, you had one of the coolest, most low-key touchdown celebrations of all time where you casually dropped the ball over your shoulder. Where did that come from? You know, that came um, down at up San Diego State. We were, uh, before the season, there was a lot, of, uh, a lot of the wide receivers were all kind of stretching and warming up down in the end zone, getting ready for practice. And, and a lot of the new guys, and I was kind of one of the new guys there because I was only there for one season. And and uh, one of the guys were kind of kidding around what kind of spikes or what they're going to do if they score. And one of the guys looked at me and says, well, Isaac, what are you going to do, you know, when you score a touchdown? And I said, I'll just hand it back to the referee, you know, that's, you know, um, you know, no, that'd be about it. And he says, no, you got to do something. So he tossed me the ball, and then I just dropped it over my shoulder, and I said, that's it. And so that's kind of where that uh, where that came from, and it kind of stuck. I think it fits your personality. You were very cool, uh, yeah, not only well, in the way that you played, but the way you looked. Uh, everything about you is kind of graceful and cool. Do you find that to be a, an apt description of your playing days? Uh, I don't know. I try to keep a level head, you know, for the most for the most part. You know, I, I, I always always tell guys, I said, you know what? I don't like to slam the ball and throw it in defensive back's face or make a, you know, kind of embarrass them. I said, I said, I don't, I don't need to give them any more incentive than they already do to try to take my head off. So I just casually throw it, uh, toss it behind my, my head. But uh, I, I was telling, I was talking with um, uh, Mel Blunt, you know, at a Pro Bowl one time. And one time, you know, he was talking about that, my, uh, my spike. Well, it wasn't a spike, but he says, you know what? That upset us more than anything because you act like it was no big deal. You know, we would have, you know, if you had jumped up and got excited and threw the ball down, you know, we would have said, okay, yeah, you should be excited for scoring with us. But when you score, if you scored, 
you act like it was no big deal. That really upset us. <laughs> That's fantastic. Isaac, let's talk a little bit about your expectations for the 2022 Bengals. You alluded to it earlier. You think they can be good for an extended period of time. What do you think about this upcoming season? And, and what do you consider the biggest roadblocks uh, to be coming off a Super Bowl appearance? Well, I, I think that, um, like I say, I, I think they're going to be good. They got, you know, they got their set at quarterback. They got great wide receivers. They got great running backs. They've upgraded uh, their offense, their offensive line, which was, you know, probably something that uh, most people looked at and thought might have been suspect uh, a little bit. But, uh, but um, you know, it's just repeating. It's always tougher to go back and try to do it, do it a do it, do it again. But I think uh, potentially with uh, with the talent that these guys have, um, and uh, you know, they just seem they're well coached, and uh, they just seem to got their heads on. They got a lot of confidence. I think uh, you know, as being a young team, I, I certainly feel that they they probably feel like you know what, we can we can do this again, and we're gonna, and, and this time we can we can go all the way with it, but. Um, I, I, I think they're going to have a, a good year. You know, like I say, it's not going to be easy, but it's, uh, but they got a lot of talent. One of the highlights of the year will be week four, Thursday night football, Bengals, Dolphins at Paul Brown stadium. That will be the, the ring of honor game uh, where you will officially be inducted. Is there anything specific you are looking forward to about that night and who will be there? Well, I'm just excited to see all of the, you know, all of the other you know, players that are coming in, that'll be, you know, that have been nominated that are coming in. It's always great to get together to see, you know, to see all the, all the players and, and just show my appreciation to the fans that have voted, that uh, voted me in. Um, certainly appreciate that. Um, my, 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 of course, my, my wife will be there here in Cincinnati. My son in Cincinnati will, will probably be there. I don't know that we're going to get a whole, a whole big crew of a uh, family coming out from California because we're going to be there two weeks earlier because my youngest son is getting married in September. Uh, so nice. we're, we're, we're coming out and then we're coming back and then we're turning around coming back. So, uh, so, um, but we are, but we are looking, looking forward to it. I'm, I'm looking forward to the, uh, to the ceremony and the induction, but most of all, also looking forward to seeing all of the, uh, all of my former teammates and all of the other players. And it's always, it's always great to get together and see the guys and talk about the old times and, you know, let this the story. Like, like they say, the stories always get bigger. Sounds like September is going to be a very special month in the Curtis family. It's we look forward to having. Yeah, we look forward to having you back in town for that game. And congratulations again on this bit of recognition from Bengals fans. It is well deserved, and we are thrilled to see you entering the Bengals Ring of Honor. Congratulations. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me. In that conversation, I mentioned the Isaac Curtis rule that states that a defender is only allowed to bump a receiver within five yards of the line of scrimmage. Here's Mike Brown on his father, Paul, pushing for that rule, in part because of Isaac Curtis. Uh, offense in the National Football League had ground down. The defense had come to dominate. And back in those days, uh, you had to pass protect with your hands against your chest, and you had to uh, run patterns against uh, cornerbacks who could bump you, push you, cut you, shove you all over the field. Well, that made it hard to throw the ball. And 
there came the time when uh, finally my father, who was on the competition committee, Don Shula, uh, Tex Ram, they were on the competition committee, and they met uh, about the predicament the league had found itself in, and they came up with the changes in the rules, which allowed the use of the hands to some degree on uh, pass protection and uh, limited uh, bumping a a receiver to five yards downfield. Well, that opened the game up. For most of his career, Isaac played under the old rules just at the end when he was probably at the downside of his career. He um, had the benefit of the new rules. But if he had had the benefit earlier, I think uh, he would have rewritten the record book, uh, not just the Bengals, but the National Football League record book. He was a splendid whiteout. He had uh, great, great speed. He he was uh, fast enough to try out for the Olympics, and he was close to making it. Mm. He had great hands, and I've told the story, maybe you've heard it, uh, where he went down the sideline against Cleveland on a go pattern and he was on the right side and reached up with his outside arm, his right arm, and just pulled the ball in with one hand in stride and ran away from the cornerback. Uh, and later in the game he did the same thing on the other side with his left mm-hmm. hand and just two one-handed catches that uh, kept him right in stride and uh, I've never seen anything like that since, uh, let alone see it twice by one player <laughs> in the same game. I remember we played Houston one time. Uh, we had to win to get in the playoffs, and he caught a ball with uh, hardly, uh, it was like soccer, uh, extra time. I mean, the clock was gone, mm-hmm. and he caught the ball and uh, ran through about their whole team for a 50-yard touchdown score. And it was a great, great uh, critical play for us. He was uh, a top receiver. Many people would say he was the Bengals' all-time top receiver, and I wouldn't argue with him. Before we get to our next Ring of Honor inductee, here's a reminder that the Bengals Booth Podcast is presented by Ultimate Bengals, the free-to-play fantasy football game. This past season, Ultimate Bengals awarded a weekly winner during the course of the year with tickets, autographed merchandise, and money-can't-buy experiences all up for grabs. Find Ultimate Bengals in the App Store and Google Play. Willie Anderson was the Bengals' first-round pick, in 1996 and spent 12 years in Cincinnati before ending his NFL career with one season in Baltimore. He was a four-time pro bowler who remarkably only gave up 16 sacks in his entire career. He is widely considered to be the best right tackle of his era. Willie, congratulations on being chosen for the Bengals' Ring of Honor. There are five players now who have been selected, including the best left tackle in franchise history, Anthony Munoz, and now the best right tackle in franchise history, yourself. What does it mean to you not only to be picked, but to be one of the first five players selected? It's definitely an honor um, in being um, a part of the first five. Um, it's something that I think everybody, fans, players, and everybody's been included, been been wanting from the, from the Bengals um, the ring of honor for a long time. So 
Um, I always thought that um, a lot of the older guys should go first, uh, but I'm so appreciative of the fans and people picking me to go in with a great guy like Isaac Curtis. Um, and we kind of like both blend the um, the generations, you know, him being from the 70s and I think uh, myself being the first person who, I, who actually played in Paul Brown Stadium to be selected for the Ring of Honor. So definitely a great deal. I'm humbled by it and I'm grateful. Have you gotten to know Isaac well yeah. over the years? Unfortunately, I haven't. Um, the guys I've known, I, I know obviously Kenny Anderson very well. Um, coach, uh, he's one of my coaches um, when I played for the Bengals. And um, the last couple of years, I got to know Ken Riley very well. So um, I'm definitely excited about getting to, getting to know Isaac and getting to know the, uh, the original 85. <laughs> <laughs> Willie, I saw you a few weeks ago when you were in Cincinnati for Bengal Jim Foster's Jungle to the Hall Rally, which is an effort by Bengals fans to raise awareness for the players who deserve to be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame from Cincinnati. And your appreciation of the fan support was really obvious that day. Can you articulate what that means to you? It definitely means a lot, um, especially as an ex-player. You know, sometimes in this generation of, of, of media that, that goes so fast, the former guys, whether it's in the music business, sports, everything, when, when you're a former guy, you kind of get left behind because information goes so fast now. So the fans, uh, the Bengals fans to me, have um, inspired guys like myself um, and other former guys because the love and passion they show for us, you know, doing retirement, you know, I've been retired now for 13 years, I think. And just through social media, guys like Bengals Jim and, you know, and all these guys that, that, that are doing things for the, for the ex-players, um, it gives us hope, it gives us hope, it gives us a sense of pride because you want to be um, involved with your organization that, that you put so much time in. So for the fans to keep things like this going, I know for myself personally, what they, these, these guys have been doing for me, along with media people like Jeff Hobson and guys uh, for the Hall of Fame push is, is great. Um, I remember talking to Ken Riley before he passed away. He told me that he wished things like this would be happening a lot sooner. And he got a chance to see it a little bit, but the push the fans been doing for guys like him and Kenny Anderson and a lot of these former guys, including myself, has been just tremendous. Our guest is the great Willie Anderson. You had the misfortune of joining the franchise when the Bengals were struggling and didn't make it to the playoffs until your 10th year. Does the recognition and the adulation that you are getting now help make up for that? It does. Um, it does because like when you, when you do retire, you, you played on bad teams early in my career like I did. Um, I remember a couple of years ago talking to Takeo Spikes, and we both said, man, we just come, come to the conclusion that our careers are probably not, never going to get seen by anyone because no one's going to pay attention to that era of Bengals, you know what I mean? And uh, this was before this run they're going on right now. So um, I, I, it definitely makes us feel better that, that we're getting this kind of publicity uh, retired because there's, there's so many guys and people in general that have never seen us play before. You know, uh, all my kids and even my college and pro guys at my academy here, they've never seen me play before. They, they've seen my videos that I post on, on, on social media, but they, 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 you know, get for, for, for those people right there to get a chance to see um, our career and see that we're being honored this late in our lives. Um, it's definitely a great feeling and, a, and a, um, you know, good thing to see, be involved in. Those kids should queue up one of uh, Corey Dillon's 200-yard games. <laughs> hey, man, uh, I talk about Corey all the time. You know, I, I tell people all the time, a guy like CD, if you put him with a top, a t just, just an average passing game, 
I guarantee all these kids would know who he was. You know what I mean? The things that Corey had to fight through, um, you know, just eight and nine-man boxes. And, you know, those kids, they'll never see an eight, nine, ten-man box right now in today's football because of the spread offense. Well, you know, Corey Dillon was running out of the eye formation and offset formations, and he didn't have the best of quarterbacks uh, for most of his career with the Bengals until he got to, you know, Tom Brady and, he, and he, you know, he set records. You know, so CD is a record setter that I wish more people would see and more people will talk about because he is one of the big-time players in NFL history, in my opinion. I imagine he is one of my answer, one of your answers to my next question, which is, who are some of the guys you would like to see get in next after you and Isaac Curtis to the Bengals' ring of honor? Like I said, um, I said last year when they first came up with it, I said I wish the older guys were going first because, let's be honest, we're about 30 years behind, you know, on having this thing right now. So there's guys like, you know, I had, a, I had a chance to play with one of the superstars of the Bengals um, organizations in Boomer Sizer. You know what I mean? I watched Boomer as a kid um, in 1988. I was 13 years old watching him go to the Super Bowl. Then, you know, here 11 years later, I had a chance to play with him for a year. So to me, that, that was a big deal for me. The guy was the MVP of the league and, 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 and brought a lot of notoriety to this team. But a guy like Boomer and any of those, any of those older guys like that, um, I personally wish we had more than two guys going in so we can get some of the older guys in. Then we can get guys in like a Corey Dillon, a Ocho, you know, Jaquiel Spikes and, you know, guys from guys from our era. But I do understand first if the people who pick, you know, the, um, the season ticket holders, you know, I would love to see some of the older guys get, you know, get established. The Boomers, um, your, your, your Tim Crumrise, guys like that, your Reggie Williams guy. A guy who I talk to on uh, on Facebook a lot, and um, you know he he keeps his he keeps his his name kind of going along because I tell Reggie all the time. I said, man, when I was younger, in '88, watching you guys down in Mobile, Alabama, I thought Reggie Williams was a mayor. I literally I, I literally thought he was the mayor of Cincinnati, and he played football because I always saw him in suits. I always saw him at different meetings and in, in, involved in the city, whether it's doing the strike lockout or he was doing things helping the city out. So I thought, I, as a kid, I thought, man, this guy was a mayor, and he really plays for the Bengals. I thought that was so cool as a kid. So um, guys like that, um, just, just just bridging those gaps from the older guys who played before us and, and some of my teammates or guys that played in my era. So, Do you have a favorite game or favorite moment in a Bengals uniform? It's a weird it's a weird one. Um, I could say all of the, the, the rushing records that we set, I was a part of two rushing records. But – the 05 game in Detroit, you know, like you say, after 10 years, I waited to be in the playoffs. And just that feeling of, you know, we in the locker room, we, we had shirts made up, and Marvin was so pissed off at the shirts. <laughs> I, remember, I remember that. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't understood that, too. Like, you know, we just won the division. But, you know, I waited 10 years to win the division. And just seeing, I, I think we blew the I think we blew the lines out that game. And um, they were down, you know, their franchise had been down with us, too, for a while, too. But at that point in time, we were up. We had Carson, we had Rudy and Ocho and TJ. We had a really good offensive line, had a defense that was turning the ball over at a rapid rate. Um, so me, a lot of those guys thought that feeling was normal, but I knew better. I knew I waited 10 years for that moment to happen and, and get to the playoffs. And I remember getting to the playoffs and a lot of my teammates from uh, a lot of guys around the league who I played with at college, uh, like my boy Wayne Gandy, who played at Pittsburgh at the time, he was calling me that morning in the playoffs. You know, we, we were eating breakfast that morning. And say, hey, man, you finally made it to the playoffs. Like, you know, 10 years in and, you know, 
I knew how hard it, I knew how how long and hard I waited for that moment. A lot of guys on the team had, you know, they hadn't been in that long to 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 witness. I think it was just like myself, Brad St. Louis, and Richie Brown, guys who had been around, you know, since the, the mid nineties. I think Brian Simmons, um, to experience that the hard times in the nineties and now finally reaching over the hump in 05. So that game in Detroit was probably my, my fondest memory because as a team, we just waited so long, you know, for, for that national recognition to happen for us. It's interesting that you mentioned that game because I've talked to Mike Brown over the years about some of his most memorable games. Obviously he's been there for all of them. And he also picks out that game and specifically describes sitting in his front row bus seat that he's always in first seat of Mm -hmm. bus one, looking out the window and seeing all of you guys and Mm -hmm. the joy on your faces from getting over the hump and ending that long streak of not going to the postseason. Yeah, I mean, definitely. It was a big moment, man. Like, you know, Marvin had been there for what? That was, that was his third year. Correct. I mean, we got out of the hump. We, we had a couple of eight and eight seasons. Because we get a figure, oh, two, we was two and 14. So, and the next year Marvin got there, we were one game away from going to the playoffs. And I think, oh, four, we missed it by two games. So then, oh, five, for those things to happen and everything, you know, you know, accumulated that day in Detroit, you know, it was just like, hey, man, we, 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 we got over one hurdle. That hurdle was getting to the postseason. We're visiting with Willie Anderson. You're widely considered to be the best right tackle of your mm-hmm. era. What do you consider to be the most important traits that helped you excel? Just being able to, um, I spoke at a clinic a couple of weeks ago in Dallas, um, just being able to evolve. Like, I came in the league, if you see all my rookie all my rookie cards that they, they hand out as rookies, my rookie player cards, they all said road grading run blocker. So for all the people who give me credit for being a, uh, a devastating pass blocker, you know, a great pass blocker of my career, I came in the league, you know, the league was all about running the football. You know, the, the quarterbacks were not yet the superstars. The superstars were your running backs. And in, in particular, in our division, we had some of the all-time great running backs in our division, along with Corey and then later on with Rudy. Um, so me being able to evolve my career from the mid-90s to where it was a devastating, you know, run-blocking league, you know, tough guy on tough guy, you know what I mean? You, you know, um, I was moved to the right side after my rookie year because we didn't have anybody strong enough or big enough to play on that side because the rushers on that side were big, powerful men, you know what I mean? And, and you're faster, <clears throat> more athletic guys, so-called, were over the left tackle. So we didn't have anybody on our team to – to do it, so they, they moved me over there, and and it worked. But my game evolved over the years because I say all the time that the rushers went from being as big as Reggie White and Michael Strahan and Julius Peppers, six five to six seven. Peppers was um, to oh five. Uh, Robert Mathis and Dwight Freeney is six foot one, <laughs> and we had never we have never seen guys that size at defensive end before in the history of the league. They were coming in doing spin moves. They were ducking under guys' arms. They were, too, they were small enough to duck under your arms. So seeing those guys and being able to evolve my game over the years, I think uh, <clears throat> once you look into all the pro football focus and the pro football reference, they rank my pass blocking one in the as last 20 years as all-time best. Um, so from being a run blocker to, you know, a shutdown pass protector later in my career, you know, I'm saying just, just being able to evolve my game was, I think, my biggest trait. Hmm. Anybody that follows you on Twitter 
has seen the videos that you post working with young offensive linemen. You seem to love it. What do you get out of that? Just a joy and a, um, a promise I made to myself and God that, you know, once I, once I made it, that I would always look back for kids. Because when I was younger, then I, I, had, I had a weird I had a weird thought. I kept dreaming, like, why won't Michael Jordan or Oprah Winfrey come to Mobile, Alabama and just show us how to make it out of here. Right? Those those are two most famous people that you know that we looked at in our in our in our era. And I'm like, God dog, like how how do you make it? Like what things do you have to do to make it throughout high school? Because now <clears throat> there's so much so much information for these kids now. I mean they can go get a step by step booklet to follow. And I kind of called myself that that A to Z guy helping these kids make it from high school, you know, to college. And even the kids who are not gonna play college football out of my academy. You know, we have some kids that just want to be high school starters and their parents want them to make the team or, and be a starter and, and mom and dad going to cheer for them on Friday night. Um, I have those kind of kids all the way to the guys like a Paris Johnson who, who if Lloyd wouldn't things go right, it can be, be a first-round draft pick next year that I've had PJ since his ninth grade year in high school. So just be, just just fulfilling that promise I made to God that to help these kids out. Um, I, I can be a lot more famous probably train a bunch of pros in my gym. I had a bunch of pros and because the NFL media would eat it up. But my my joy and passion comes from uh, last year we had 15 kids to sign scholarships out of my academy. We 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 hit, we, we worked their worked their recruiting and we trained them. And to me that's 15 families that if these kids stay in school, they'll leave school with no no college debt. They're, they're on a free ride. And um to me that's that's bigger than me than me having a bunch of pros. And kind of, you know, saying, hey, I, I train this guy. I train this guy. But, you know, I train a five foot ten left guard at this high school, you know what I mean, who travels from Alabama, Enterprise, Alabama, travels to Atlanta two and a half hours to come train with me. He's probably going to play Division three ball at best. But he's, he has the will and the power, you know, the willpower to drive for two and a half hours to come see me. It's one of the reasons why I give kids two-hour sessions. We never have an hour session. I have kids driving two and a half hours sometimes to come train, sometimes out of state. So I try to give them more than what they give me. And that gives me my joy and pleasure helping these kids because, you know, because I wanted someone to help my son. And my son only made it to college because I had a group of guys around him that were really good people who really loved him. And they weren't really worried about just making money off him. They really wanted to see him succeed. So I have a right to pay that back as a a skill developer of uh, these big guys. That is awesome stuff. Let me ask you a couple of questions about the current team. What do you think of new right tackle, L. Collins, L.C., who will play your mm-hmm. old position? I ain't got my old number on. So he's the, what, third right tackle we've had that, that wore the, the 71 after me. So, um, um, but I, I, I worked with L.C. Um, out in Dallas before 2018. I was with the Cowboys working with them in, in training camp and mini camp and all. Um, had a chance to, to build a relationship with him then. Um, he's definitely the kind of guy um, that I think the Bengals need a right tackle. He, he's, he's a, he's a, he called himself an enforcer. And you watch him play, he plays like an enforcer. And I think right now with Joe Burrow at quarterback, we need some enforcers up there. We need those kind of guys along with Jonah, Jonah at the left tackle. We finally got those two bookends, you know, that, that we had back when, you know, it was Andrew Whitworth and, and Andre Smith. And before that, it was myself and Levi Jones. You know what I mean? The Bengals always have success when they've had two dominating tackles, whether it be 
the great, the GOAT, Anthony Munoz, and, and my mentor, Joe Walters. You know what I mean? So we've this, this team has had success when they've had those kind of two tackles. And I think um, uh, Lyle uh, provides an attitude. He's going to have an attitude adjuster. He's a dominating run blocker. He's a guy who shuts down guys in pass protection. And he's a guy who's going to literally mean at the right tackle position, going to play at a pro bowl level or, you know, so, or higher. This is just, just what he's done the whole time he's been in the NFL. It's like a pro bowl right tackle. How about Jackson Carmen? I know you gave a stamp of approval before he was drafted last year. You've worked with him some in the past. What does he need to do to become the kind of NFL player you think he could be? Just keep developing his game and, 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 and focusing on the game and, and um, you know, it's, it's a different, it's a different aspect playing left tackle your whole career, high school and college, and then coming to play left guard. Like Jackson's a tall, big guy. And those guards, those tackles, defensive tackles down, you, you're going to look at a guy like um, Aaron, um, the guy out of, you know, I'm having a, Aaron Donald, my bad. This guy's six foot one, you know what I mean? And so a guy like Jackson having to bend down and play at that leverage. So it's, it's a whole different game of him playing tackle than guard. And I think the more experience he gets, um, you know, the off-season things he continues to do and the things he got to do in training camp, I think, you know, just getting just getting more and more reps. I think the more the more reps he can get, um, the better he'll be. But it takes some time for tackles to go into guard because there's less space. You know what I mean? The time is more faster. The guys are 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 probably more, you know, not just as big as him, but some sometimes they're big, sometimes big big as he is. Sometimes sometimes they're smaller, more quicker, more explosive guys. So him figuring that part of the game out, I think it's gonna be a big adjustment for him. I think he'd be able, should be able to do it. Willie, that Ring of Honor game will be in week four, Thursday night game mm-hmm. against the Miami Dolphins. Is there anything in particular you are looking forward to that night? And who do you plan to have in attendance? Um, I'm talking to some of my teammates right now. Obviously, my mom is coming. Um, um, my brother, uh, Pastor Floyd Walker, up there in Cincinnati right now. Uh, owner of Happy's Pizza is my, my brother. He, he's coming. But what I'm hoping for is um, some of my teammates to come back. Because you, if you look at the years past and other teams, you know, Pittsburgh or Baltimore, or you see you see the Patriots every year doing it. The former guys come back, you know what I mean? And and uh, uh, fortunately and unfortunately for us, we it's only our second year doing it, so we don't have many guys that are going to be that, that, that are going to be wearing the jackets. But I do want some of my teammates to come back because, you know, those guys help, you know, build this legacy that we have. And so many guys have helped me make it to this level. All the guards that I played with from, from Mike Goff to my boy Bobby Williams, the guys like that, man, Ken Blackman, guys I haven't seen in years. You know what I mean? Uh, talk to a lot of guys. I know we have a big group text of Bengals. Um, my boy Levi Jones is talking about coming up. And so guys like that, man, guys that, you know, Richie Bram, talk to Richie all the time. You know, guys like that who who helped my career out. Um, I want to be able to celebrate this with them and hopefully those guys will be in a couple of years. So hopefully, hopefully, hopefully guys coming back in the office, you know, the former guys coming back get a chance to come back and, and have a good time and, and see this. All right. Final thing. You look great. You've lost a ton of mm-hmm. weight. You're going to look great in that jacket. I can tell you that on ring of honor night, <laughs> what motivated you and how do you feel? I feel good, man. I feel great. You know what I mean? I've lost 75 pounds. I think um, just, just my health need adjustment. I, I spent so much time, you know, last five, you know, my son's high school career, just trying to help him out. And, and got him, you know, traveling him around the country, trying to, you know, just training. And I was doing way more things for him than I was doing for myself. And um, even into his college career, 
at Georgia Tech, and I just decided, you know, doing COVID, hey man, you know, I mean, I'm I'm too doggone big right now, you know what I mean? And um, you know, I I have some health issues I'm dealing with, and all different things that. So that I think the weight loss would, I figured the weight loss would help those things out. I feel better, you know what I mean? Um, you know, and um, I need to do it, man. You know, I need to eat better. I need to stay moving a lot more. And during COVID, I started doing these crazy long walks because because we, we couldn't go to the gyms and. You know, we were all living in this zombie world, zombie apocalypse world that we thought no one can go outside. So I started going outside, man, just walking. And, the, you know, walking 50-minute walks. And uh, I kept doing it from, from then. And so, for, so so since 2021, February, when I started growing this beard, <laughs> I made a commitment myself to start, you know, walking crazy and late-night gym sessions. I can't go too hard in the gym because my body still hurts every day. But just walking and staying active, man, and not, you know, this late night eating stuff stopped, you know, lost the weight, man. I feel good. And, you know what I mean? Hopefully I look good. You do look good. Congratulations on dropping 75 pounds. That's not uh, easy to do, but more importantly, congratulations on being one of the first five players selected for the ring of honor. It's well-deserved. And we look forward to seeing you in week four on Thursday night football. Hey, thanks, Dan. Last year, Willie was one of 15 modern-era finalists for the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and while he wasn't elected, he was one of only two offensive linemen on the ballot, and the other one, Tony Baselli, got in. Here's Mike Brown on a worthy candidate to join Anthony Munoz in Canton. Uh, he, he was special. Willie was massive, and he had quick feet, the feet of a, of a dancer. He had long arms. When uh, anyone got to him, it didn't do him much good because he was so big and strong they couldn't throw him off balance. And he could uh, dance with them, glide with them to the outside when they tried to get around to the outside. So they couldn't go outside, they couldn't go inside, they didn't go anywhere. They just stayed where they were. And uh, we had uh, a right tackle that was as uh, good a right tackle as this league has seen. Uh, he should be in the Hall of Fame along with Anthony. As a pair, there, was, there, there wouldn't have been two better than those two. Hopefully, Willie will eventually get his gold jacket, but we do know this. He and Isaac Curtis will get their Bengals Ring of Honor jackets on Thursday night, September 29th, when the Bengals host the Dolphins. That's going to do it for this episode of the Bengals Booth Podcast presented by Ultimate Bengals. Download Ultimate Bengals ahead of the 2022 season. It's free-to-play next-level fantasy football with fantastic Bengals prizes. Get it now on the App Store and Google Play. And if you haven't done so already, please subscribe to this podcast. And if you have a minute, give it a rating or share a comment. That helps more Bengals fans find us. I'm Dan Horde, and thanks for listening to the Bengals Booth Podcast.